This is episode number 101 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast. I'm Doug Standard, CEO of the Leaders Institute and Fearless Presentations. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you reduce public speaking fear and become more confident in poised presenters and speakers. This is episode number 101. And um, this is is one of those monumental kind of episodes, you know. So last week we did the century mark. Um, This week, though, we thought it would be a fun way to kind of do episode number 101 is to to revive a blog post that I created back in – well, I I created it, I think, in 2012. And um, we updated that in the last week. And the blog post is basically 101 ways – to become better as a public speaker. So there's basically 101 public speaking tips. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking. If you've been listening to the Fearless Presentations podcast for a while, you're like, wait, Doug, this is totally different than what you're telling us to do. Basically, what you're telling us to do is if you're going to give a presentation, cover a few key concepts really, really well versus coloring, color, covering a ton of content in um, in kind of a cursory fashion. And it sounds like what you're going to be doing on this um, episode is covering a bunch of stuff in a cursory fashion. Well, yes and no, but we're going to do it a little different way. Basically, what we've done is we've broken down, and actually this is what, we, what I did when I created the blog post as well. I broke it down into component parts. And There are dozens of different sections about public speaking, and each one of those sections has just a few key concepts. I think at most, I think the one that the the biggest sections have like nine tips, but you know, that it's so that it it can be a few more than what you would likely give in a a a verbal presentation or if you're staying up in front of a group. But the cool thing about doing this on a podcast is that you can go back and listen to the podcast over and over and over again, or you can go to the show notes and look up each one of these tips individually. Individually, and and that's what I would would uh, hope that you do. I hope you get great value out of this. But in addition to that, use this as a resource. Go back to it over and over and over again. Download this one to your phone and kind of replay it from time to time, just as a as a refresher. So on this episode, we're going to cover three parts: uh, part one, part two, part three. Part one of the uh, in, in the 101 tips is how to create a presentation outline. So there's just a few concepts that you want to keep in mind with that one. The second one is about reducing nervousness. There's quite a few in that one. And then thirdly, uh, we're going to focus on how to increase energy. Uh, just so you know, the the podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com or fearlesspresentations. Um, last week, we rolled out our, our new way of teaching the fearless presentations classes and instead of kind of focusing on just a single two-day class and coming in and, and just doing the class once and being done with it what we've done in the new version is we've made it to where once you register for any one of our classes you also get access to all of our online stuff so all of our online courses and and uh, podcast notes and um, and mini courses and all that kind of stuff plus you get to come back and take the class uh, over and over and over again if you want. So you can act, take the class up to three times 
in a in a 12 month period of time for the the same fee as just coming through um, the, the class once. Um, now we've we've tried to price this to where it's really reasonable. Um, in fact, you get all of the stuff that we offer to our uh, fearless presentations graduates. Um, all that is is cheaper than what most of our competitors charge for just a two day class. In fact, in some cases, it's about five hundred dollars cheaper. So, if you're interested in going to any one of our classes, make sure to go to fearlesspresentations.com. Click the seminar schedule. Um, we've got classes coming up. In oh God, I don't have the list in front of me, but um, in, in New York and DC and Boston and um, San Antonio and and Atlanta and Philadelphia, all those classes are before the end of the year, and, and I think we've got about twenty classes or so before the end of the year. So go to fearlesspresentations.com for the complete list and uh, register for a class and get all the great perks along with it. All right, so let's get on with today's podcast. So the title of the podcast today is uh, 101 Public Speaking Tips. And just so you know, we're not going to cover all 101 on this specific episode. We're going to break it down into component parts. We'll probably get to somewhere around tip number 25. So it'll probably be about four different parts to this podcast. And on part number one today, we're actually going to be covering three different sections. So section number one is going to be about how to create an outline. Section number two is about reducing nervousness. And section number three is how to increase energy. Um, so on. So just so you know, before we actually get started, one of the things about having a compilation of tips like this that's really important to to remember is that the goal here is not to try to memorize every single one of these things. And in fact, one of the things that that really makes our fearless presentations classes so special is that we introduce every single one of these concepts in the presentation class, but it's not we're not memorizing a bunch of tips. We're actually putting them into practice a few at a time, a little at a time, mastering each component part and then adding something new and then mastering that and then adding something new. And that's what I would suggest that you do as well. So so start with the the sections. So so um, since we're going to cover how to create a presentation outline, then I would encourage you in your next presentation just to use the four tips that I cover on creating a presentation outline. Use that in the beginning. Get really good at doing that part and then focus on part two, which is reducing nervousness, and then focus on part three, which is adding energy. And if you, if you do them in a step-by-step fashion like that, it'll it'll make the implementation a whole lot easier for you. So tip number one and part number one is you want to you want to create a clear and specific title or a clear and specific topic. If you create a vague or general title, then you're going to have a vague and general, really hard to deliver speech. So get specific, get focused. You know, for instance, instead of talking about you know, the 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 concept that I was given class is uh, folks will kind of talk about a, a financial report or something like that. They'll, they'll just call it last year's financials, which is really generic. I mean, you could use the same title every single year and the presentation is going to be boring every single year. So instead of doing that, though, talk about what happened in the in the last fiscal year. Um, talk about like a, a title such as cost-saving measures and increased sales led to higher profit, now that's much more interesting. People are much more in tune with listening to what you're talking about. A good example of this is like high school um, literature or book reports. You know, if you remember back in high school when you had to give a book report, remember how boring it was setting through 32 versions of book report about Julius Caesar? I mean, that's boring. But if one student just kind of 
does it a little bit differently. And here she says something like Julius Caesar is a metaphor for high school peer pressure. Now, all of a sudden, that's much more interesting. Now, all of a sudden, it's different and people are, are much more into it. So starting with a really good title is is one of the, the key first first steps here. Uh, tip number two is you want to limit your support to just a few what I call most important points. So once you get a good topic, you want to prove that your your point or conclusion in the topic is true by using just three, four, or five key support items. So spend more time proving your few bullet points versus adding more and more and more additional points. And you'll actually get a much better presentation. Your audience, they're only going to remember a few items that you cover anyway. So make sure that the most important points are the ones that you're actually including in your presentation. And if you have trouble determining what points to use or or narrowing down the concepts that you're going to cover to just a few points, then you probably want to go back to tip number one that we just covered and adjust your topic. It probably means that your topic is too vague. So tip number three, and this is one that we'll co- go in great detail on one of the future podcasts, is uh, is to add stories. Stories are an easy way to remember their, uh, your presentation because the stories themselves are easy to remember. If you were there and you saw those things happening, it's real easy to recall those. It's also easy to deliver a story to your audience. You don't have to memorize a bunch of stuff. You just kind of replay the video in your head of what happened during that incident. And it creates a great, um, uh, it helps the audience create those great pictures in, in their minds as well. So they help you prove your points. They help you prove those bullet points in a way that makes it real easy for the audience to remember the concepts that you're going to cover. Tip number four goes right along with tip number three, but we wanted to make it its own separate point for a specific reason. You want to use your stories as the facts and the figures. A lot of times people think that they have to give a a series of bullet points with facts, details, figures, that kind of thing. But in reality, um, the the if you give stories or examples, it will actually help you. So like, for instance, most presenters like to create a long list of bullet points and such as um, bullet point number one, revenue increased by 10%. Bullet point number two, closing ratios went up 3%. Bullet point number three, advertising cost decreased 15%. And bullet point number four, profit went up 15%. The thing is, is that without the context of those numbers, they're easy to forget. They're not interesting. We don't know why you're telling us these these bullet points. And so, and by the way, it takes up a whole PowerPoint slide to do that. And so it's really challenging. You're likely to lose your train of thought. However, if you tell the story behind those statistics, behind those numbers, it makes it a lot easier for you to deliver the presentation and the audience will understand the concept a whole lot better. So saying something like, If you guys remember back at the beginning of the last quarter, we changed our advertising strategy and to focus more on working with repeat business versus uh, from current clients versus spending money to attract new clients. So we stopped sending out advertising to um, to a list of potential clients and spending a ton of money on that. And instead, we sent multiple pieces of advertising to past customers instead. So we were able to cut the 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 uh, advertising costs by 15% just off of postage and just off of pay-per-click ads and stuff like that and um and spend more time developing repeat business and since our sales reps were doing that since our sales reps were focusing on repeat business they were able to increase their cro- closing ratios by 3% and total revenue by 10%. So revenue went up, closing ratios went up, 
and and with that decrease in advertising costs as well, our profit increased by 15%. So uh, again, it's lots of statistics, it's lots of details, but if you're telling it in more of a story format, it's easier for the audience to remember. So that's so that's part one. Part one, if you if you focus on those little key four things, that will help you design a much better outline of your presentation. Now that's not your entire presentation, but that's a good outline. And if you start from a really good skeleton or a really good outline, then the rest of the stuff that you do will be much much easier. So let's move into part number two, which is reducing nervousness. So these are a few tips that will help you reduce public speaking fear. Tip number five is you want to practice with a partner. So now that you have a good outline and that skeleton of a presentation, practice delivering that skeleton of a speech with a friend or a coworker. Practice practicing alone is a bad idea because you are your own worst critic. So when you practice with a friend though, you're going to get that verbal and visual feedback to let you know that you've communicated effectively. So when you say something that your friend or coworker understands and agrees with, they're going to go, hmm, and they're going to nod their head. <laughs> yeah. And so that's that verbal feedback, that visual feedback that lets you know that you communicated effectively. If you say something confusing, you're going to get that confused look on the face and and um, and sometimes they'll, they'll kind of pause and, and ask you questions. That type of visual feedback can be very helpful in, in helping you make corrective action. And by the way, that goes right along with tip number six, which is you want to avoid video feedback. A lot of times folks will say, God, that visual feedback that I'm getting from my coworker or my significant other was so good, I should just videotape myself and then I can do it myself. Well, video feedback can be, it, it can be, by the way, a fantastic way to grow as a speaker, but it can also absolutely scare the gooey out of a, of, out of a speaker. So you really, I, we always encourage people to avoid video feedback unless you have a really good coach, somebody who's professionally trained to go over the video with you because going over the presentation alone can cause a lot of challenges. Cause like I said, you are your own worst critic. You are your own. Yeah. I mean, you'll criticize, you'll nitpick every single thing and it'll actually cause you to reduce your nervousness in front of group versus increasing. So practice with a partner. Don't practice with a, with a video. Tip number seven is you want to get really good at delivering your presentation without notes and visual visual aids. Since you're practicing a fairly simple speech right now, that outline that we created in tips number one through four, you want to practice it when you practice it with a partner, practice it without your notes. Just write your your three, four, or five key concepts, key bullet points on a flip chart or a, or a slide or a whiteboard or something like that, and then practice delivering the presentation by developing the stories, those that that bullet point number three and four that we put in there, you want to if you develop those stories and get practice doing that, then it's gonna it's gonna help you feel more comfortable, more confident, and it's also gonna help you deliver the presentation without having to rely on your notes. So keep it simple. Basically, just kind of start off with a few key concepts and some stories. Practice it without notes, and you'll you'll do really really well. Tip number eight is you want to realize that butterflies are absolutely normal. So at this point, as you're doing that practice you might start to feel the butterflies in your stomach or other symptoms of, 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 the, of nervousness or public speaking fear. Don't worry, this is normal. And, but as you practice with a partner once or maybe twice, that nervousness should drop pretty dramatically. Once you kind of see how easy it is and, how, and, and if you nail that presentation two or three times in a row, then the third time is pretty easy. So that's a, a good way to, if you're feeling that nervousness or feeling those butterflies, keep in mind that's normal, but it should dissipate as you, as you, have a, 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 as you string together a series of successes. Tip number nine is what happens if you absolutely lose your train of thought? 
Well, if you lose your train of thought and you feel some panic, then one of a couple of things might be happening. You you likely have a bunch of bullet points that are difficult to remember. And if that's the case, then just go back to the earlier tips and and fix that. And that will help. It'll keep that keep you from losing your train of thought. Um, and if if you're still feeling lightheaded and confused, though, if maybe those butterflies are more extreme than what you what you wanted and, and it's tough for you to remember those stories, then you want to do tip number 10, which is you want to breathe, right? take a deep breath. When we get nervous, we tend to breathe more shallowly. And this happens as a result of our heart is beating faster. So when our heart starts beating really quickly, it messes up our blood chemistry. It makes us feel lightheaded. It makes us feel nervous. So really, all you have to do to, I'm not going to say it's going to fix it, but but reduce some of those nervousness symptoms anyway, is to just kind of take a deep breath from your diaphragm, hold it for a second, and then release really slowly. So when you do that, by the way, what's happening is it helps you calm your heart rate down, and it's going to help you think more clearly. It's going to help you feel less nervous, and, and you'll have a much better, easier time delivering your your concepts to your audience if you kind of do it that way. So tip number 11 is you want to realize that a lot of the stuff that happens to us when we get nervous are things that the audience is never going to see anyway. So the audience usually can't see the butterflies in the stomach that we talked about. They can't see the shaky hands. They can't see the sweaty palms. They can't see the heart racing. Those, those problems occur when we start thinking about ourselves or what we start thinking about the symptoms rather than focusing on the audience or our topic. So if you're thinking about yourself and how nervous you look, then guess what? You're probably going to look, look nervous. So instead focus on the audience. How can I help this audience understand these concepts better? How can I help this audience get this information that I'm trying to, to get across to them and really, really understand it. If you're focused on the audience, not yourself, it will, it will help a lot. So a lot of those things that happen to us when we get nervous are things that we feel, but the audience isn't necessarily going to pick up on those. So, so just kind of keep that in mind. Tip number 13 or 12, sorry, tip number 12 is you want to avoid writing your presentation word for word. So don't fall into the trap to, to the trap of writing out everything just so that you don't forget it. <laughs> you'll, you'll likely, you're just going to read it. If you do that, you're going to read your bullet points to the audience. And it's probably going to sound really, really boring when you do. So design your outline, just like we described earlier, and that's going to help you sound more confident. It's also going to help you feel more confident when you deliver your presentation. And then the one that goes right along with that, Number 13 is you want to avoid memorizing your entire speech because most people believe that if they memorize their written speech, that they're going to sound better when they read it, <laughs> sound better than when they read it anyway. Um, and by the way, that's possible, but it's not likely. You know, more more likely the speaker is, will at some point you're going to forget something, and at that point you're going to panic. That nervous, you're already feeling nervous in the first place, and so now your nervousness is going to go through the roof. So if you design a good spell, skeleton of a speech and and then just memorize your stories, you'll actually do a whole whole lot better than trying to memorize a bunch of stuff, but memorize a bunch of content. So yeah, so that's part two. Do those nine or so things, and that will help you kind of reduce your nervousness. So you got a really good speech written. You've got the the nine ways to reduce your nervousness. Now let's talk about how to increase your energy, increase the enthusiasm, and we'll we'll kind of end on this note. So. So one thing that you do want to do in your presentation is you want to add energy and enthusiasm. That's number 14. Tip number 14, enthusiasm is the absolute most important public speaking secret that I can get across to you. If you have energy and enthusiasm, then your audience will absolutely love you. 
You be excited about your topic and your audience will be excited about your presentation. Tip number 15 is that you want to talk with your hands. We're, we all naturally speak with our hands, but for some reason, when we stand up to speak, we tend to lock up our body language and, and lose a lot of that natural energy. So one of the things that we teach people to do is to kind of drop your hands down by your side when you start your speech. And, and what will happen is you will actually use your hands more. If you drop your hands down by your side, you'll actually start to use your hands more because if you have your hands clasped in some way in front of you, number one, that makes you look more nervous because you have now a barrier between you and the, and the audience. But if you have to, to, in order to do a gesture now, you have to break that that clasp and then gesture. And the gesture is really weak looking. So drop your hands down by your side. Use your hands when you talk and you'll actually look more energetic. You'll look more poisoned. And by the way, you'll start using both your hands. You'll start to move around the room a little bit more. So you it, it opens up your body language pretty effectively. So tip number 16 is you want to make your gestures bigger than your body. Now I'll explain what that means. Because in a small room, um, you know, you, you want to try to make your gestures what, what, what we call outside of the torso. So basically, um, if your if your hands are inside your torso, meaning that if they're if they're in between your shoulders, if they're if they're between your your shoulders and your waist, in that little tight like square round circle or or square rectangle of your of your torso, then all your gestures are going to look really really weak. However, if your gestures are outside of your torso, if your if your if your hands are past your hips or if they're higher than your shoulders, then you're going to look more energetic. You're going to look more enthusiastic. Now this happens naturally. By the way, one of the reasons why. We encourage people to uh, tell stories in their presentations is that we tend to speak with our hands more effectively when we tell stories. Um, but when when but when we get nervous, though, we want to put something, like I said before in the earlier, we want to put something between us and the potential threat. And so we tend to put our hands in that little tiny section around, in, in our midsection. And uh, as a result, it makes us look timid. It makes us look nervous. So, so make your gestures bigger. Um, if you're in a big venue, tip number 17 is if you're in a big venue, you really want to exaggerate those gestures. So as your audience gets bigger, show, so should your gestures. If you have a lectern that you're standing in front of, by the way, most people call that that thing that folks stand behind a podium. The podium is actually the stage, but you know, it's not really one of the tips, but it is one of the, one of the um, if you want to, if you want to be seen as being a professional, if you call that thing a, uh, a podium, you other uh, folks in the audience may want to correct you because that's not necessarily the, the correct term. But if you're standing behind this this lectern um, and you're and you're using even the more exaggerated gestures that we talked about in uh, number 16, the audience still may not see it because that's a big chunk of wood in front of you. And so sometimes all they see is just your face and your and your shoulders. They don't really see your hands. So um, if you're if by the way, just so you know, I don't ever use one of these lecterns. I don't think there's any use for them. It just puts a barrier between you and your audience, which makes it more challenging to deliver it. But if you're in a big audience, if you're in a big venue, you really want to exaggerate those gestures, especially if you're standing behind one of those things. So, um, by the way, when you exaggerate those gestures, if you're if you're if you're um, gestures are really wide and really high, you know, like if you even if you're 
if you're in a big auditorium, uh, sometimes you may have to actually stand up on your tiptoes to actually make a gesture to make it big enough for the audience to, to see. But to them, it looks really normal. It looks really natural because they're so far away from you that uh, a little tiny gesture is going to be, it's just going to be lost. So tip number 18, now this goes against conventional wisdom, but tip number 18 is you want to speak faster. If you want more energy and enthusiasm in your presentations, talk faster than, than, uh, what, than what most people would think that you would, by the way. So when you talk faster, you're adding natural energy to your presentation. Think about the last time that you were really excited about something. How did you tell people about it? You know, were you slow and measured when you delivered that news? Or were you fast and exaggerated, right? So when you talk faster, your audience will actually get ex more excited about your topic. So I know what you're thinking. You know, everyone else tells me to slow down, Doug. Well, everyone else doesn't get paid tens of thousands of dollars every time that they speak. <laughs> and they're most likely pretty boring speakers as well. So if you want to be like them, do what they tell you to do. If you want to be a great speaker, speak faster, right? Uh, in addition to speaking faster, tip number 19 is you want to move faster. So not only do you want to move bigger and move more, but you also want to move faster. For instance, when you walk up to the front, don't run, but just take about a half step faster pace than normal. If you walk like you're going to the gallows, then you're, it's going to suck the energy out of the room and it's going to leave the impression of you being boring before you've even gotten to the stage. But if you, if you move like you want to get to the front of the room, if you, you actually end up pushing energy into the room. And by the way, that's the first thing that they see. They see you walking up to the front of the room to deliver the presentation. And if they see boring and timid, then, or they see you moving slowly, then they're thinking boring and timid. So tip number 20 is you want to speak up. Your voice is your best tool when you present. So you want to use it. If you are a naturally quiet kind of person or if you get quiet when you get nervous, then the audience is really going to question your authority on the subject. So increase your volume just a little bit to show the audience that you're in control, that show them that you're in charge. And then tip number 21 is you want to change your tone. What do they call boring speakers? They call them monotone. <laughs> when you get nervous, especially when we memorize a presentation word for word, we tend to zoom through a presentation because um, we're, we're afraid that we're going to forget something. Most often, a speaker will sound very monotone when he or she does this. So by the way, this is different from speaking faster that, that, that I mentioned just recently. Um, the reason why most coaches will tell a speaker to slow down is because most speakers zoom through a memorized speech with little or no emphasis on the content. So the tone stays the same all the way through. So instead, design your speech like we've talked about and make a conscious effort to call attention to words or phrases that need to be emphasized. Right? Make it, this, it, this makes a huge difference versus this will make a huge difference, right? So basically, you want to kind of use that tone to help you to help you increase your your um, energy and your enthusiasm and make your make your audience really want to pay attention. So anyway, so that is 23 of the 101 tips, and we're going to cover uh, the next section of these on the uh, next Fearless Presentations podcast. That'll be podcast 102. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, make sure and do that. In addition to that, um, we are putting a ton of content up on our YouTube channel. So if you just do a search for Fearless Presentations on YouTube, you, you'll see all kinds of free videos and free tips. Um, a lot of these, by the way, will 
we'll make videos out of these and and put these up as well so you'll you should see just tons and tons and tons of new content so make sure and subscribe to the youtube channel if you have questions just go to fearlesspresentations.com uh, fill out one of the forms uh, there if you go to the contact us it has a place where you can ask questions or make suggestions on something that we could should cover in the podcast anything like that so we'll see you next week on the fearless presentations podcast Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.